Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Titletown Sports Podcast, episode 64. Sounds good. <laughs> we are your hosts. My name is Craig Stanton. I'm Melissa Burns, and we are super pumped because the Patriots are officially on their way to the Super Bowl after winning the AFC Championship game yesterday. Yet another trip to the Super Bowl. Shit is wild. Uh, yeah. It is uh, Martin Luther King Day. Hope everybody's enjoying their uh, Monday off, assuming you have that. Uh, and, you know, in the spirit of MLK Day, go do some volunteering or something. I hope everybody uh, did that today. Nice. Considering you and I don't get paid for this podcast, we you could look at this as a volunteer, an act of uh, volunteerism <laughs> and philanthropy, giving the Title Town Sports Podcast to the world free of charge. Well, we're going to get real deep into the Patriots and their big win. So enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the program. Melissa. Hi. How are you, Craig? (laughs) <laughs> I'm pretty freaking great. How are you? I'm great. You still you having a nice Martin Luther King Day? I'm having a great Martin Luther King Day. I couldn't imagine a better Martin Luther King Day. I don't even give a shit. It's like three degrees outside. I'm in my car right now. Yeah. Uh, it's not comfortable, but we're going to the Super Bowl, <laughs> baby. Yeah, we uh, we survived the ice storm of yesterday, Sunday, uh-huh. and the Patriots survived an arrowhead. So, you know. Good, good Sunday by everybody, I would say. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I, I, we, we're, we obviously both have a lot to say about this game. So yeah. uh, let's just get everybody caught up with what's been going on around town, uh, and then we'll get into it. Yeah. You want to start? Sure. We'll start with the Patriots, in case you didn't hear. Super Bowl! We're on our way! Uh, <laughs> they beat the Kansas City Chiefs 37-31. It was an overtime nail-biter in Arrowhead last night. Not comfortable at any point. Uh, They're now on to Atlanta to play the Los Angeles Rams in their third straight Super Bowl. Um, We'll obviously go a little more in depth later on. Three straight Super Bowls, four in the last five years, ninth trip in the Brady Belichick era. It's sick. Fucking insane what this team does. Um, It's insane what they've already done and it's insane what they continue to do. But a quick digression, and then we'll get back to that. <laughs> uh, quick update on the Bruins. They are headed into the All-Star break. They're off for like nine or ten days. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, after a bit of a rough week, they lost to uh, Montreal in overtime after about five seconds of yeah. overtime play. Uh, they lost to Philly. They beat uh, the St. Louis Blues and then lost a, a, a tight game to the New York Rangers. So a little bit of an up-and-down week for them. They currently sit third in the Atlantic Division. Uh, and they are tied with Montreal with 59 points, and they're only one point behind Toronto. Uh, big piece of not-so-hot news uh, this week was that Tuka Rask left the Rangers game, which was the most recent game, uh, with a concussion after a big hit in the crease from Chittle, something called Chittle. Yeah, I'm Chittle? glad you got that one. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Rangers player who was basically on a breakaway, Charlie McAvoy, came across, yeah. came basically across the ice and just sort of smashed him, and then, like, the guy sort of jumped into the air in his hip, like his whole ass basically just smashes Tukarask in the face and he like falls backwards. So that was yeah, not great. He needed to be helped um, off the ice. So yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually it was a it was a fucking total train wreck of a hit, but uh he 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 left of uh, sort of under his own power, but it definitely did not look good. Anyways, uh, the only player uh, representing the Bruins in the All-Star Game upcoming is David Pasternak. Uh, so, yeah, the rest of the team now has nine days off. Great chance to rest, get healthy, spend some time recovering from any nagging injuries. Uh, Tuka Rask can pull the blinds down in his house and, uh, you know, watch, uh, turn the volume off on all of his fucking shit and hopefully be better by the end of the, uh, end of the All-Star yeah. break. Uh, turning to the Celtics, they continue to be the most unpredictable team I've ever seen. They lost to the terrible Nets last Monday night Ugh. while we were recording. Um, and it certainly felt like the end of things. Like, it was a season ender, it felt like. Uh, but then, because this is the weirdest season of all time, they turn it around and win three straight against Toronto, Memphis, and Atlanta. So, I don't know. That Toronto game was huge. Yeah, the, yeah, huge. They're like, felt like their season was on the line. They're like losing to the shitty teams that they should destroy, and they're beating the teams that should be deter- their tougher competition. So I don't know what, what they're doing. Yeah. 
Uh, on Saturday night, Marcus Smart got thrown out of the game for attempting to fight DeAndre Bembry. It's unclear if there'll be further disciplinary action, but that would certainly be bad news for the Celtics if he gets suspended. Uh, actually, quick oh, yeah. quick update on this uh, is that I just heard on the radio, like literally just now, that he got uh, no suspension, but he got fined like 35 grand oh, or great. something. Okay, fine. Perfect. Uh, and then uh, also this week in news Celtics fans don't want to hear, uh, Kyrie apparently reached out to arch enemy number one, LeBron James. He apologized for the way he acted when they played together and then asked LeBron for advice on managing a young team. Uh, I don't think that would be a real crowd-pleasing move here in Boston, but m- maybe he offered him something that Kyrie can help put into place and and turn this team around for the rest of the season. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Fortunately for them, and unfortunately for us, that we don't have the uh, we don't have the time to get into all that stuff. But yeah, weird weird yeah. moment. Over, weird times in general in Celtics land for sure. And the calling LeBron to apologize and then ask advice was was chief Jeez, among them in yeah. terms of strange occurrences. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Again, the Celtics continue to be fortunate that the Patriots are rolling through the playoffs because you know I think most of Boston has kind of turned their attention away from the Green Team for now, uh, and good for them because they would be catching a lot more yeah. heat if people were actually paying attention. Oh, if all this stuff was happening a month yeah. from now, like that's, fa- oh my God. Yeah, nightmare. Um, and then quick update on the Sox. Uh, we got a little bit of news this week from Chris Sale um, saying that he finally felt normal again and his shoulder was feeling good. That's good news. Uh, he also said he was open to uh, potential contract extension talks, which is also good. Uh, Dave Dombrowski gave an update on Dustin Pedroia saying he's starting his running program. And that Dustin feels like he will be ready to go for the regular season. Hmm. Okay. Whether you want him or not is a whole other topic, but <clears throat> we can. Yeah, sure is. We can get to that as we get closer to baseball season. Uh, we certainly yeah. can. So uh, let's get into this AFC Championship game. Instant classic. I bananas, would say. Bananas. Off the wall. Loved every second. Had a heart. Many I mean, heart just. Attacks. I I can't say I loved every second, but uh, certainly in hindsight, I could say I loved every second. But at the time, you know, there's a couple dents in the the walls of my girlfriend's house that uh, weren't there before. Monday afternoon, Uh, I loved every second. Last night, there was a lot of deep breathing, (laughs) a lot of swearing, jumping, yelling at the TV. Uh, Yeah. Poor dog uh, was terrified. I I was was wearing a hat. I was wearing a hat on my head because I wore a hat on my head on divisional round weekend yeah, and so I, just, I wore all the same yeah. clothes uh and i just was chucking that thing every time something that <laughs> probably hit the ground oh, probably like 10 or 12 like bill belichick trucking that surface tablet oh my god yeah well we'll get to that in a second just briefly though like it is you know obviously we said at the beginning like wild how just ridiculously dominant the the, the patriots continue to be even on a team and after a regular season this year that was you could say pretty far below their standard and you know fuck it here we are in the super bowl for the third year in a row and like we said the fourth and five years like that's just nuts in this game in particular like i'm putting this this that that afc championship game against kansas city up there with like super bowl 49 against seattle super bowl 51 against atlanta like that game was it's instant classic material yeah like total just oh my god balls out like Truly, there were multiple points in that game where I thought we were totally fucked. Uh, and there were other points in the game where I thought we were totally fucking going to cruise. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? It, there was a lot of emotion. It was a lot of emotion. And everything in between. <laughs> well, why why don't we do a quick rundown? Because uh, if the people are like us, there you know a lot happened. And so we want to kind of give them a brief synopsis of what happened. And then we'll dive into some of our thoughts around the different pieces. Um, but then we can kind of jump around. A little bit easier. Sounds like a plan. All right. So I think it's fair to say this game was like a tale of two halves. We had the first half that felt great, cruising, nice, just like against that Chargers team. And then we had this. It felt it felt very much like the the beginning of the Chargers yeah. game up until a certain interception yeah. was thrown. But well, anyway. Anyway, so Pats get the ball first, score on their opening drive, and they eat up almost eight minutes of of the game in that one. Like the same again, same thing as in that chargers game. They take a ton of time off the clock. I think that ended up being their longest drive. It surpassed the one in the chargers game. Awesome. Uh, it did. Yeah. They said that on the broadcast, although worth pointing out slightly different than the chargers game. Pat's lost the coin toss in this. Yeah. So, the, so the chiefs elected 
to give the Patriots the ball to start the game. That did not yeah. work out so well, hot for right. Kansas City. You know, do you think, so let's say they had one. Do you think Bill would have received? Um, I, if I were him, I would have. I, I, would have I really too. liked the approach from the Chargers game. You know, yeah. tough to say what he would have done, but I, before this game started, and I was saying this to the people that I was watching with, I thought that the first, like, 10 minutes of gameplay were crucial. Mm-hmm. Because if, I, you know, Andy Reid, say what you will about him at the end of games and stuff, but he's a really good offensive-minded head coach. His his scripted drives are usually very, very good. Not so much in this game, as we yeah. found out. But, like, his drive starters and his his scripted, like, game-opening drives are usually great. The Chiefs have been awesome in the, for, in the first quarter and in the first halves of, yeah. of every game this season. Like, I was basically like, all right, buckle up. If we can if, – if the Patriots can – you know, be in the game as long as they're not behind by a significant margin, at, you know, halfway through the first quarter, once everything, once all that scripted stuff is done and then you're just into the, into the game within the game with field position and defense and all that stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But I was like, if, if they can be up, I'll be fucking, you know, doing backflips. But, it, you know, it's very possible that they could have been down, you know, 10, nothing, 14, nothing, something like that. Um, within the first couple minutes. Yeah, I, I think if I were Bill, I would have chosen to receive for exactly what you said. It, it, it gives you the chance to score first and set the tempo. It also helps take the crowd out of a little bit if you can manage a long drive, which they ended up doing. So I actually felt like by yeah. deferring, Kansas City almost played into Bill's hands a little bit in like in the way that he's trained the rest of the league to do. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, I would have taken the ball and it certainly worked out in the Chargers game and I think yeah. it would have worked out yeah. here too. Um, so after that great opening drive, uh, they obviously give the ball back to KC. I don't know if they went immediately three and out, but they went very briefly yeah, three and out. Quick. Um, Pats get the ball back, march down the field again on another long yeah. drive, but at the one fucking yard line, Tom Brady <laughs> threw a brutal interception. Yeah. Um, they would have been up 14 zero. I think it was first down on the one yard line or maybe second down. It wasn't a late yeah. down play though. Um, and he fucking Pete Carroll it up and tossed a <laughs> tossed an INT right on the one yard line. Yeah, but they, you know, so they don't score there. They again hold the Chiefs. They come back. They end up scoring a few drives later uh, with a sick pass to Philip Dorsett. Um, yeah, that was and dope. Ultimately, they end up heading into halftime up 14 nothing, and they held the Chiefs, who you just mentioned, great first-half team. I think they outscored opponents by, like, 50 points in the first quarter this year. Something they, like that, yeah, th- yeah. They threw that yeah. graphic up. It was like th- it was like fifty nine nothing was yes, their re- that was their accumulated uh, cumulative uh, first quarter point totals, which is wild. Yeah, they, I mean, they kept them to thirty two offensive yards and yards, no, yeah, yards, <laughs> yeah, not not plays, not first downs, yards. For reference, the Patriots last week scored thirty five offensive points <laughs> <laughs> in the first half. The Chiefs got yeah. thirty two yards. Yeah, in it, the first it half. was like. You were watching that game, and it was classic Patriots. They had the game under control. They were keeping Mahomes off the field. Um, And when he was on the field, they were keeping him from making the big plays. They took the crowd out of things. Like, their pass rush looked sick. They were getting Mahomes, like, flushing him out all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, much like like the first half of the regular season game in Week 6 that they played at home. Um, where the Chiefs didn't do squat in the first half of that one. You know, but then halftime happens. The Chiefs can get in the locker room, make some adjustments, and they came out and found some new life and made it pretty interesting. And Pat Mahomes, uh, Mahomes seemed to find his stride and started connecting for some big plays and moving the chains, moving the ball down the field. Um, he was getting, he was still getting pressured pretty much all yeah. night, but he's Patrick Mahomes. This is kind of his thing. Very like Russell Wilson esque, um, on these like blind, you know, but, but, but he does this, you know, sidearm, you know, yeah. no look throw thing. That's just fucking electric. It, yeah. It's, um, if you are a fan of the chiefs, you are like psyched that this kid is going to be your future, but it's irritating to watch. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, they, and and so basically the Chiefs and their ability on offense is, uh, you know, and this is kind of good and kind of bad, but they're, they're able to score and they're able to score quickly. Yeah. Um, so in, I think it was like they possessed the ball for like 10 or 12 minutes or something and scored all 31 of their points yeah, in that, yeah. you know, in less than a quarter's worth of time. Which is like good and bad because it means that, you know, Brady kept getting the ball back because they, yeah, their totally. drives were so quick. And like, yeah, they were scoring, but... They were leaving a ton of time. Like, they weren't eating anything up off the clock. Definitely not. And, and not really making the Pats defense have to pay for it, you know? Right. Yeah, they weren't wearing them out. They weren't tired at all. 
the fourth quarter, they were still, the Patriots are still leading at the end of the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, it just went totally bonkers. Uh, the Chiefs pick off Brady and end up scoring on the ensuing drive to take their first lead of the game. So it's Brady. which was right, which was right after the uh, Edelman punt fiasco, which yeah. wasn't really ended up being a fiasco. But so that whole business of did the ball touch Julian Edelman on the punt or on the kickoff, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you know, the Pats obviously get the ball back there and then Brady immediately throws a pick, yeah. which clangs off Edelman's hands. And then the Chiefs score. Right. So one way or another, the Chiefs were getting the ball back and scoring. Yeah, I mean, we can talk more about that Edelman thing later, but, like, it didn't touch his hands. It didn't touch him. They showed it from every angle. <laughs> Whatever. We'll get, we'll, we'll we'll get, get there. to that. We'll I'm get irritated. To uh, so the lead kind of seesaws back and forth. Brady and the Pats drive down the field with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Rex Burkhead runs it in, gives him a three-point lead. Great. Two-minute, yeah, that's Brady's, like, wheelhouse. We've seen this before. I think Tony Romo was even making a joke about that, like, Oh, you know, two minutes. I wonder if we've ever seen a quarterback do this before. Yeah, very funny, Tony. Very funny. Fucking Patrick Mahomes. There's 39 seconds left. I'm like, 39 seconds? This kid's not that good. Yeah, wrong. Um, He ends up driving them into field goal range. Kicker makes it. They tie the game. It was the most, quote unquote, Brady-like drive ever executed, I think, against the Patriots. Maybe a little Eli Manning-esque, just kind of... I was going to say, I thought it was it was a very Eli Manning-esque drive yeah. to end that fourth quarter, very for sure. irritating, turning it against us, and all of a sudden, like, oh, we don't have the only quarterback that can win under two minutes? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, and quite responsibly, I would say the Patriots basically were giving them the field goal. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, once they, once they got into range, the Pats were just like, okay, like, for... I think they only ended up running one play. I thought they could have ran two, but whatever. 11 seconds left, they ended up kicking, and they actually left a couple seconds on the clock to punt the ball back to the Pats, which we just ended up kneeling it or whatever. Yeah, but, whatever. Brady just took um, a knee. Yeah, smart, smart play by the Patriots not to get too greedy and, and, and you know, sell out for a sack or something and get beat over the right. top or anything fucking yeah, disastrous and like that. Honestly, like, their defense looked good. They were playing it right. They were protecting against the touchdown, which is what you have to do because if you're going to give up the field goal, you get OT. If you give up the touchdown there, th- th- that's it. The game's over. You're fucked. Yeah. 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 So they played it right. Uh, it takes us into overtime. Patriots win the toss. Matthew Slater was... Very clear that they wanted the ball. <laughs> there was no mistaking what he was saying. It was great. It was the yeah, that was most funny. clearly I've heard someone call something at a coin toss ever. We'll take the ball. I was like, okay, buddy. Uh, and then, you know, they the Patriots just work their way down the field, score on another Burkhead touchdown to win the game. It was a vintage Tom Brady, lights out, game winning, like no question drive. They looked sick yeah. on in that Ameri- America's nightmare comes true oh, again yeah. for the third year in a row. <laughs> yes. You get the fucking pats in the Super Bowl, bitch. Everyone eat it. Outside of New England is a Rams fan now. <laughs> oh god, yeah. It was I, I had a I had a lot of heartburn during that game, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh yeah, tell me about I was it. Jesus. Very stressed. <laughs> um so where would you like to begin? I'd like to start with the positive. Okay, that's great. Let's talk about some highlights and favorite moments. Yeah, okay. What What was your favorite moment of the game? What stood out to you as, like, the fuck yeah moment? I I mean, I don't know if there was one. I mean, there was, in a game like this, there's, like, 20. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's 20 good and there's 20 bad. I'm still, honestly, I plan on rewatching this game at some point this week. Oh, I don't know how you yet. can do that. Oh, but just to like, you know, to, to re- I find rewatching when you're no, when like, when, when the emotion is no longer yeah, there as much is like, happen. you actually see stuff, yeah you know, stuff that you missed. Cause you were just so fucking fraught, but when you're watching it in real time, anyways, I just thought on so many third and eight, third and nine, third yeah. and tens that Brady, particularly to Edelman, but early in the game, they were picking up a lot of those third downs with just straight runs. Yeah. Like James White handoff, Sony Michelle handoffs, like I, which were play calls that I absolutely despised, mind you, but worked. <laughs> like they were just nails, money on third down, particularly down the stretch with that two minute uh, fourth quarter drive. Yeah. And then again in overtime. Um, I mean, some of those plays from, 
Edelman just just coming over the middle. You he he knows you knows seventy five thousand people in Arrowhead Stadium know that he's going to get absolutely croaked by some defender, and he's just a fucking savage yeah. who will go up, get the ball, take an absolute punishment over and over again, and he just hangs onto the ball, and it it's just lights out. Brady to Edelman has been a force in the last two weeks. Yeah. And it, so all those third down plays, th- that those were my highlights. I mean, the, the the way that the touchdowns played out in this game, they were mostly knocking on, like they were, they were all right there except for that Dorsett one. Yeah, um, they were mostly running touchdowns too, right? Yeah, so, so the actual two. touchdowns themselves. Yeah, Burkhead Michelle had two, two and Burkhead had two. Yeah. And then Dorsett had the other. So yeah, the, the actual scoring plays weren't like all that exciting, the plays themselves, but those right. third down plays to get there were wild to me yeah how about you and you know it was interesting because like you think about the Patriots this season and I think it was one of the first years where we didn't have that feeling of like well you know Brady will figure it out and to watch him like nail those big plays was like oh shit I guess he figured it out yeah (laughs) um it was lights out I think some of my favorite moments were uh seeing Gronk kind of uh play a part in the passing game again Mm. Um, cause I think that is the kind of thing that you needed to see to like keep teams honest against you because now you can't yeah. assume that he's not a threat. Like he made some big plays. He converted one of those third downs, I think on the overtime drive and like he was, Oh yeah. That play down the sideline where he yeah. basically caught it on the other side of Eric Berry's head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like, awesome. He looked, he looked like in old form again, you know, where he's beating defenders. He's running hard along the sideline to get the ball. I yeah, I thought he looked great and I think that's super important for the Patriots heading into the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. I think my like, you know, arms up yelling screaming was the touchdown, the Burkhead touchdown at the end of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know, at the time you're looking at it and you're like 39 seconds left, like we got this, we're going to win and it was like Yes, yes, we scored. Uh, and then, of course, it ended up getting a little more dramatic than that. But I, I remember, like, losing it when that one happened for sure. Yeah, and I mean, like, the, 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 the you know, looking back on that fourth quarter drive now, it's, like, all gravy. But, like, you know, keep in mind that the, the season ended there for a moment. Yeah. Uh, when when yeah. Brady threw, it was third and ten, and Brady throws an interception, clangs off of Gronk's hands, and gets picked off. But thank fucking God that D Ford lines up offsides, yeah. and there's a flag on the play. But like, holy God, talk about you know, freaking taking years off your life. Like, and that was immediately followed by the deep ball to Gronk down the sideline. Like th- those two plays were back to back, and you know, fucking credit to Brady and Josh McDaniels and Rob Gronkowski for just being able to turn the page. Like. Not only was that one play later, but you go back to the same guy. Yeah, you know, for a uh, for a for a you know fifteen, sixteen, so however many yards it was, like just ballsy. Uh, yeah, I mean that play was probably the most heart attack inducing play because if that interception had stood, that would have ended the game. That was it. Oh yeah, D- ball game. They could have just ball knelt game. down. I, <laughs> it's funny when they lined up. I was like, that guy's way offsides. And then the, you saw it? You did not. I did. I said it to Mike. I said, what the hell is that guy doing? And then the play happens and you kind of forget about what the line of scrimmage look like because you're like, what's happening? What's happening? And and then luckily they threw a flag and I was like, oh, is that offsides guy? And then they called it back. What I wasn't sure about, because this is where I get like wishy-washy, is like, would the offsides overrule the interception? Right, right, you know right, what I mean? Right, like, right, does that right. kill the whole play? And I... I wasn't sure until they announced it. Wow, good on you for seeing Thank it. You. I certainly did not. Yeah. Well, I don't. Um, I wasn't drinking, so it's very easy for me to. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Remember yes, what's yes. happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had one eye shut and a lampshade over my head at that point, so seeing the television was a little bit challenging. No, yeah, I mean that was I, I, that, that's another thing that like I can't. I just you know going back to the whole like back to back. You know, within the space of sixty seconds in of real time, like you go from. You know, third and ten, throw to Gronk, off his hands, interception, there goes your season. Yeah. To third and ten again, all of a sudden you're still alive, and you go back to Gronk down the sideline for, for another tough catch, contested catch, like I said, caught it basically yeah. off the back of Eric Berry's head, the defender, and, like, here you go, you're still alive. Like, 
that to me, like as a fan, I wasn't able to turn the page. Like I couldn't even enjoy that Gronk catch <laughs> until they showed the replay like twice. Yeah. Because I was still so fucked up from the from the pick that yeah. got washed out. Yeah. Like I was like rattled. Em- I couldn't even the like, emotional roller I needed, coaster of it. I needed like a good like two or three minutes to like come back from the fact that the season had just ended, but it didn't count. Like yeah. I, I mean, you. It, I, it shows you how like cool, calm, and collected Brady is that he was able to like whatever and just move on to the next play. I was like, oh, okay, because <laughs> I think that ground catch yeah. was the third down catch. So he, you know, oh yeah, third and ten. So it was like not only okay, so the interception gets called back, but now again you have like really one chance to make it here. Oh yeah, it's too stressful. Yeah, and as far as the other side of the ball goes, too, like, the defense obviously yeah. played a great game yeah. all the way through. I can't think of, like, one singular, you know, moment that they had, but they were just bringing it all night. I mean, there, there was there was, a, there was a period sort of around the third quarter where it started to get a little fucky with flags and stuff for both sides. We'll talk about that yeah. in a little bit. But, like, you know, I think the defense just played another great, 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 great game. On back-to-back weeks now, I mean, it's. I don't think there's any doubt that the two best games the Patriots have played this entire season have come at the best times. Couldn't have asked for better timing on that in yeah. last week and this week on both sides of the ball. Uh, yeah, they looked. The defense looked great. Trey Flowers looked great. Like they got guys a beast. Sign that guy to a long-term contract because he's he just finds the hole every time. It feels like he is constantly in the quarterback's face, just like yeah, and and. C- Kyle Van Noy, same thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's not, he's, he's a guy that doesn't get a ton of love in New England all the time. But Kyle Van Noy, a lot of I heard people I heard in the post game show uh, on the on the radio that you know this is they were saying that this is the best game he's played as a Patriot. I don't know that much about linebacker play to be yeah. able to tell you whether or not that's true, <laughs> but that's just what they were saying. Seems, um, seems like reasonable. I, you know, when it, it, and I took notice at one point where like Lawrence Guy got a sack. Yeah, Landon Roberts had a sack, and I was like, I, I, you know, I was like, who? Like they must be doing something right if Lawrence fucking Guy <laughs> is getting through to Patrick Mahomes. Like Lawrence Guy, are you kidding me? I, I, like if Lawrence, I couldn't pick Lawrence Guy out of a lineup, and I saw his mug doing his little fucking sack dance, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Things are coming up, coming up Patriot here. Uh, yeah, I think they ended up sacking Mahomes four times, which, you know, yeah. he's a pretty mobile quarterback. So that's that's no easy task. Oh, and he like, he he miraculously, uh, excuse me, he miraculously evaded at least two that I can oh, think yeah. of off the top of my head. Yeah, like easily. They they were there like the defense had they had the right scheme. Belichick and Flores put them in the right position to be like they just had a perfect defensive scheme against that run and gun style offense they looked great so uh melissa who do you think was uh the most valuable player or the most valuable entity on the patriots in this game um i think it was the running game i'm gonna give it to the like white burkhead michelle tandem there trio i don't know what it's called uh simply because i think you know (laughs) this is like bill with a long-term strategy right the league moves to all this like pass and and you know slick offensive play Mm -hmm. and he goes like well defenses are made for that now so we're just gonna run it through um you know they took advantage of the chiefs having a bad run defense and they just kind of owned them and i think they found holes they kept going they fought for yards um you know they they played hard and i ultimately they ended up being the difference in the game yeah, I think so too. And the offensive line as well, I'd throw them into that pot of like the running game as a as an entity, as a as a faction. Yeah. Um was was the key to the game. I mean, if they weren't able to get the yards that they were able to get on the ground, those drives aren't as long as they are. Right. They can't just keep Pat Mahomes sitting his ass on a frozen bench for way more than half the game. I mean, time of possession in this game was basically two to one. Yeah. Pat's possessed it for forty ish uh forty ish minutes. And Chiefs had 20-ish minutes. Right. It was a little bit longer because OT happened, so it was like 43-22 or something like that. Sure. But it was essentially a two-to-one uh, situation. You know, what's funny about that, too, is like if you look at a lot of the stats from this game, like time of possession, the amount of plays I see in the notes that you put together here, like with Pats had 94 offensive plays, yeah. only one was in- for negative yards, and it was the kneel down. I, that was my favorite stat of, of the game. I heard that today on the radio, and I was like, what the shit? <laughs> so no sacks, no runs for losses. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, that's remarkable. And I mean, and, and I think the the Chiefs had 
something like uh, forty, another forty-ish number for offensive plays, and their their average this season was like sixty-five. Yeah. So what's interesting about that is based on those numbers, you would think that this game was like forty-two to ten or something yeah, like that. You would have thought it was a blowout. But it it's. It speaks to the it speaks to the Chiefs' ability to score and score quickly that they were able to hang in there, even though they were getting dominated yeah. in in many different aspects of this game for sure. But you know, I think that uh, that like time of possession thing, like the Chiefs, because you think about it from the other side, right? We had a fresh defense; they only the defense only had to be on the field for twenty minutes, whereas the Chiefs' absolutely. defense was on the field for forty plus minutes in that game. Yeah, and I mean, I, for me, and like most valuable entity, like. I, you, I mean, you can't, you can't uh, discount, you can't write off how unbelievably money Tom Brady yeah. and Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski and the the offense, you know, those three principles obviously are huge, but the offense in general is with two minutes to go in the game mm-hmm. and with the, all the money on the table and the biggest moments on the road, chance to go to a Super Bowl, like just absolutely fucking a force yeah uh but that being said i think the thing that put them in that position because the whole game was not a perfect game i'd give brady like maybe a b plus in this game i mean he made a couple brutal throws yeah edelman made a couple bad mistakes like the punt was one of you know yeah so like the offense was far from perfect in this game but i think the defense is really i mean without that performance defensively as as money as the Patriots are, when when it's all on the line, like you're not even in that situation, yeah. you know. Holding the Chiefs to zero points across for, for two quarters yeah. is insane. Like that's that's a great day, no matter what. Uh, yeah, they they looked great, like the the whole team. And if if both sides of the ball can play like that in the Super Bowl, great, they'll be in great shape. I mean, I've I can't think of a time, and I mean, again, like. We've seen a lot of Patriots teams go to a lot of Super Bowls, but I I just can't think of a time where they have been playing better than they are right now. Yeah. I mean, at least let's just think about the last five years, right? So starting at Super Bowl 49 against Seattle, like I just, I don't even, rem- I don't really remember what those uh, divisional games and what the AFC Championship game was. Oh, well, the, the divisional game is actually one of the greatest fucking Patriots games of all time against Baltimore where they were down 14 nothing and came back twice. But like, oh yeah, I don't know. I just, I just even last year, if you think about the uh, AFC Championship game against Jacksonville, it comes down to yeah. the wire. But it's fucking Jacksonville. I like, know, but they, they kind of had to piss themselves. It. Right, right, right. So you don't really feel great about that. Right. It was at home. Jacksonville basically took you to the wire. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, I can't think of a time that the Patriots have been playing better. You know, week to week, going into a Super Bowl than they are right now. Yeah, I, I mean that that's a real positive takeaway from the game is that they looked you know, they looked strong, they looked ready to go, they looked, you know, kind of unflappable, like dialed in, yeah, 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 totally connected. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be an NFL game if we didn't have some controversy to talk about and a couple of blunders, if you will. Yeah, let's get to it. Uh you know, we started with the positive, but now we can get down to some of the nitty gritty here. I I think the biggest mistake of the game, uh, we talked about the time of possession and how the mm-hmm. Chiefs defense had been on the field for a shit ton of time. Why the hell did Andy Reid not use one of his timeouts during that overtime drive to give his defense a minute to breathe? Yeah, they said that on the on the broadcast. Yeah. And I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I mean, me too. And j- just a little background for our listeners who might not be like super familiar with at least the, with Andy Reid's reputation. Yeah. Basically, Andy Reid is one of these coaches that is basically like an offensive coordinator plus, you know, like he, he really only manages one side of the ball. He's got that fucking plastic play sheet in front of his face, the whole goddamn game. And so like his reputation is basically to be of being a really good offensive coach, but has brutal like clock management skills at the end of the game and just generally doesn't have a good feel Mm -hmm. for the game overall in like an overarching sense, you know? Right. And that was an example of that, I I thought, in overtime where, yeah, I mean, the defense has been on the field all night, and then here you are in overtime, and they're getting their fucking faces mashed, and they're standing on the goal line. Andy Reid's got three timeouts in his pocket, and he just lets the Patriots line up and fucking bulldoze them into the end zone. It's like, yeah, why would you not just call a timeout and give your defense a blow at least for a fucking minute? Right, and and kind of take the Patriots' offense out of their rhythm a little bit. You know, like, coaches use timeouts all the time to 
ice the kicker. Like Brady was precision moving down that field and you had an opportunity to kind of like, you know, slow things down a little bit, take some of the wind out of their sails, give your defense a chance to kind of reset, talk about what you're seeing out there, what they're likely to do. And he just let them keep rolling. And like Brady's not one to take a while between plays. He like, you know, he moves. Yeah, he he recognizes the, the fact that they're yeah. gassed out there. Yeah. Like, and, and Andy Reid just stood there with the timeouts in his pocket and let the tanks roll right, right down the field. It was so that was a big second guess. I mean, I'd be pissed about that if I was a Chiefs oh. fan. I mean, at that point, it's kind of like you know, feels like it's over no matter what you do. But at least you know, fire all your bullets, Andy Reid. Like you, you can't yeah. take those three timeouts into Week One next year. <laughs> yeah, you don't get bonus timeouts for that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. How'd you feel about, um, so there was a couple like really big, uh, not only flags, but just like yeah. refereeing moments yeah. in this game. Certainly the punt that may or may not have hit Julian Edelman's no. body was a big one. It didn't hit uh, him. Chris Hogue. Well, let me just, okay, let's just finish this fine. little re- recapping of it. <laughs> um, you know, you had a couple Chris Hogan catches that were reviewed. There yeah. was a couple of penalties that were huge. I mean, we already mentioned the D Ford, you know, lining up off sides to negate the what would have been season ending yeah. interception. The Pats got a fumble recovered. Uh, Travis Kelsey fumbled the ball and Dante Hightower recovered it. And it was called back because of a pass interference yeah. on JC Jackson. JC Jackson had um, a rough fourth quarter. He did have a rough. He did have a rough go. There was a couple. There was that phantom, uh, very fortunate for the Patriots, roughing the passer penalty. Yeah, that, that felt like you know, a makeup. Call. The guys. The guy basically does like the John Cena, uh, you can't see me thing yeah. in front of Tom Brady's <laughs> face, and the ref behind Brady calls him for smacking him in the head, which he most certainly did not. So, how'd you feel about all those? You want to get? You want to talk about this Edelman thing? Yeah, yeah, I do want to talk about the Edelman thing because I saw an article today that was like, "Oh, the the punt that wasn't," and I was like, "It didn't hit him." And you know how I know it didn't hit him is because I had the rule wrong, and my husband was yelling at me and telling me that I was wrong, and I was obviously telling him he was wrong. But I thought, I for some reason I was like, "No, it's like off. It's like an onside kick. Like it goes so far, and then whoever gets it gets it." it it doesn't have to touch him. And my, my husband was like, yes, it does. No, Why? no, that's literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. he's like, that's, that's not like, how an onside kick works either. I, yeah, I know. I was all backwards. I, he's, oh. I, was so, I don't know what happened. I like made up this whole scenario in my brain. And he's like, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, I think it is. And he's like, well, I, you're stupid. And I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> They're not just 50-50 balls. Yeah. And he's like, look at the way he's like Edelman is screaming that it didn't touch him. And so the whole time I was watching the replay, I kept thinking it was bad if it didn't hit him. Like I just had it backwards in my brain. And I was like, oh, no, it didn't hit him. It didn't hit him. It didn't hit him. And I was looking for an angle where it hit him because I so badly had convinced myself that's what needed to happen. Right. Well, you and the rest of America, were you were just the only person in New England <laughs> yeah, that was doing right. that. I was the only one cheering for the Patriots that were like, oh, no, I hope it didn't hit him. <laughs> so, uh, or I hope it did hit him. I hope it did hit him. It was, and, and yeah, and it didn't. He went, it jumped over his two hands and whizzed by his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought too. I mean, I've I've been I've been I was pretty confident that it didn't hit him. I was less confident that they would overturn the call. Yes. But like it the, the thing is is they kept on doing this stupid thing on the broadcast where they would show an angle, right? Like so like side of the field angle. So picture Julian Edelman, yeah. you know, in in profile and the ball's coming at him and the ball whizzes seemingly between his hands and so the ball is in the view of the camera and behind the ball is his right hand and you can't see his right, right hand because it's in the, the ball is in the way and you might conclude that that looks like it touches and then you switch to the other angle you know the camera's in the end zone right. so now you're looking straight on at Edelman's face and you can see the ball whiz right through his hands with about an inch of space between his right hand and the ball and then they went back to the original angle and said well but it looks like it touches there and it's like well but, no. but you we just, just concluded yeah. that that first angle is a camera trick because right. the other, like you can disprove contact with one angle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if three angles makes it look like he touched it, but one angle, you can clearly see that he did not touch it. Right. Then that's all you need. Right. 
And I was saying, like, they, they were being really stupid about this, I thought, on the broadcast. And I don't remember their specific comments, and who really cares? But I was like, you, can, you don't need one angle to prove that all of his different body parts did not touch it. You can have one angle that proves his right hand doesn't touch right. it, and then another angle that proves his left hand doesn't touch it, and then another angle that proves his arm didn't touch it. It doesn't all have to come with some, right. like, <laughs> magic it bullet it's not a camera, all-seeing camera here. angle. Yeah. And I was saying, like, as they were going through the things, I was like, you know, methodically ruling out body parts based on every angle that I saw. Right. I actually think they got the call right. I think they got the call right, too. And and Once, the only reason, honestly, that the call on the field was that it was, was what it was, rather, is just because it's just, like, duh, of course he probably touched it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's what I mean? What like, that's it's just play. assumed that right. he did because he was nearby, and he didn't, like, go well out of his way to, like, not yeah. do it. But anyways, I thought they actually got that call right. I also thought they got the both Chris Hogan catches and Me non-catches too. right. Me too. The one where he made the ridiculous one-handed snag. Yeah. And was going to the ground, and you know, the ball was wiggling, but his arm was under it. I think they got that call right. And then a couple plays later, when Hogan was going to the sidelines, yeah, I don't, I don't think he got that ball. His it, it, that was when he was going to the ground, and his hands came out from under the ball to like brace himself, almost it looked like. And then the ball's just floating, and then he kind of falls on top of it. I thought they got that one right too. I, I thought they got all of them right too. No catch, no catch, right, no catch. You know what was funny? You know what was weird about that last one though is that. Hogan, they call it a catch. Like, it's called a completion on the field. And then the Patriots called timeout, which gave, I feel like, the Chiefs a chance to review it and challenge. Oh, does it go to automatic review or is that within two minutes? No, I think in I, both cases, read through uh, the flag. those were challenges by the Chiefs. Because Certainly in the first, the first one. one was, but the, the one with the left-handed grab, it, that was a challenge. And I, I'm pretty sure the second one, too. And I just remember thinking, like, shit, you should have just run to the line and put a play up. Yeah, but they must have thought he really had it too. Like it must have just been a weird angle, and they must it must not have been obvious until you actually could like see it quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, although there was also a lot of uh, clock fuckery yeah, from what, the Chiefs, what like was that? the two times that Cleep Blakeman came out and said the time clock is correct, and like there was at least three times that they took the chains out and like measured the distance, and and like yeah. the coach can insist on that. And right. it, like like Andy Reid can go up to the to the ref and say measure that I don't think you put the ball in the right place and they go okay and then they do it right. and it's like that's a de facto timeout like right. that takes forty five seconds yeah. to do and every time that th there was at least two moments that I can recall Andy Reid talking to the ref talking to the ref talking to the ref and then the guy walks into the center of the field and gets on the mic and says the clock is correct uh, yeah I didn't like, understand that I've never seen that before. I had never seen it before either, and and only after reading about it today did I realize that, or, or, or was I told, rather, that, like, that's just Andy Reid being, like, buying time, essentially, being like, hey, can you go check this? Hey, I don't think the clock is right. It should be this. It should be, like, it's kind of like gamesmanship, yeah. just, like, making shit up to get, make the refs double-check to get you some more time. Ooh, I don't, I don't care for that, I mean, Andy if, if Belichick were doing that, we'd call him brilliant, so, I mean, yeah, I can't yes. be that mad. Yeah, but the rest but, of the league would call him a cheater. Yeah, oh, definitely. But I mean, yeah, definitely some fucking sh fuckery there. So maybe maybe that replay was one of those things. Maybe he took the chains out is what I'm trying to Yeah, yeah. point I'm trying to make is that maybe he called for the chains just to get his team to have more time to review it yeah. and then they went to ended up challenging it, mm -hmm. who knows. Hey, what did you think of that play where it was fourth down, the pa like fourth and one, Patriots lined up for it and then pulled their team off and put their punt team on? And then actually ended up getting a delay a game because they couldn't get the punt off fast enough. Um, it was sort of a wash. I thought it would like the the rule there is yeah. So the Patriots bring out the offense on a fourth and one. They take yeah. a look at the defense and they say fuck this and they run off the field. The kick team runs on. But the way that that works is if you do a substitution like that, like the refs will basically stand over the ball and wait for both teams to like successfully Reset. substitute. Yeah, and then you can you can snap it. What ended up happening was the ref stood there forever and the Chiefs had like a thousand guys on the field. Yeah. They had 13 men on the field and the ref still standing over the ball. There was one guy running off who was actually the 13th guy. There was right. still 12 on the field and then time expired and the Pats got to delay a game. So it was kind of just like a clusterfuck. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think if the Pats are trying to, it's hard because, because like, what's the definition of, like, got to give the team time to reset? Like, d is that however long it takes them to get 11 guys out there? Or is that a static amount of time that should be sufficient for a team to reset? You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
Well, and it because you run the risk of like the ref's discretion at that point, you know. Well, and obviously, like what the Patriots were trying to do was get the punt off with and get a too many men on the field penalty, which they would have had because they had twelve guys out there. But, yeah, they had thirteen guys out yeah, there. Yeah, but the yeah the play got held up. It was very bizarre, and I you know I just feel like there ha- it's not something that happens a lot, so I don't think it's something like the NFL is going to look into. No, definitely but not. It, it definitely. Do- not. I mean, does- I think I think. Go ahead. I was going to say, it does feel a little discretionary, like that that ref standing over the ball is like, oh, oh, do you have, are you ready? Do you have it? Are you ready to go? And like the playcock is still running. Yeah. You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you what fourth down play I absolutely hated. And not just because it didn't work, but I hated it before it even happened. Yeah. Was fourth and one handoff up the middle to Rex Burkhead yeah. trying to fly over the pile. Rex Burkhead is like 5'9", 185 pounds or something like that. Yeah. Like, and that's your, like, I mean, James Devlin was in this game. If you want someone to bulldoze for a yard, like, give it to him or give it to Sony Michelle or something. Like, I actually, I texted you about this during the game. Yeah. I hated how much Rex Burkhead was touching the ball. I, 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 I couldn't stand the Rex Burkhead show in the third and fourth quarters of this game. I was like, where is this guy coming from? Why is he in the game plan to this degree? He hasn't seen this much, this much action all year. Like he is going to fuck up. I was convinced (laughs) that Rex Burkhead was going to fuck up. Yeah. Well, and it was a little weird because like, (laughs) so that was cool. Why? Yeah. It worked out. Uh, like why, why all of a sudden were they going to Burkhead? Like Sonny Michelle was running all over the field. James White looked great coming out of the backfield. Yeah, I was totally expecting to hear. Yeah, I was totally expecting to hear about a Sony Michelle injury today, and I haven't heard anything. I was mm-hmm. during the game. I was like, I mean, clearly Sony Michelle hurt himself somewhere along the way because there's no other explanation, at least in my mind, right. that Rex Burkhead would be getting all those touches. But I didn't hear. I mean, good news, I guess. Yeah, that that's not the case. Um, I heard a little rumbling that James might James White may have gotten a little dinged up in that game, but oh, really, nothing that like took him off the field or anything like that. Yeah. But. Yeah, that was definitely strange. I, I think this was a bad week overall for refereeing in the NFL. Yeah, it sure was. Um, I mean, w- we're not going to have time to talk about it here. Maybe next week, but that fucking oh no, it's a, one it's, of our lightning. Yeah, it's lightning round. Yeah. That uh, that that no call at the end of the Saints game was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, you know, people are going to be bitching about all the calls in this game as well. I actually thought the refereeing in in the AFC Championship game was pretty poor, but pretty evenly poor. You know? Oh, see, I didn't. It felt like as the game was getting tighter, and this could just be like a hometown bias, I, I felt like mm-hmm. they were calling more ticky-tack stuff on the Patriots. Yeah, there, there, was a, there was a period of time where, like, there, there was, like, two basically, like, almost back-to-back penalties against J.C. Jackson yeah. for pass interference. And then... You know, one of which negated the fumble recovery, which is a kick in the balls. Right. And then he gets another one at the same time that Kyle Van Noy got the roughing the passer penalty. Like, it definitely felt like the the, the yeah. there was a little flag-happy moment for the refs in the third or fourth quarter, and they were all going against the Patriots for sure. Yeah, like, the game started getting close, and they started calling it tight. And that's tough because it doesn't feel like that's how they were calling it in the first half of the game. And so, you know, your, yeah, your well, team adjusts and is playing to that. And then all, now all of a yeah. sudden they're getting flagged. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think, I, I just think it was kind of a shitty day for the refs, yeah. but I, I don't feel like it was super lopsided. I mean, I, I definitely was pissed when those flags were flying against the Pats, but you know, that, that phantom roughing the passer call obviously went in the favor of the Patriots. The, the, the fucking, I mean, I guess this isn't like a ref discretion thing, but the D Ford thing obviously was massive. Yeah. Um, there was a couple, I mean, I've been listening to people all morning, uh, all afternoon, you know, talking about how JC Jackson basically fucking mauls people on every single <laughs> possession. So he's, a, he's inevitably going to get called for a couple PIs yeah. throughout the course of a game. There was also a big no call. This is why Belichick threw the tablet. There was like a pick play should have been offensive pass interference. That didn't get called. It was pretty egregious. Yep. That stuff does happen all the time, much like holding or whatever. But like, that was a bad one. I've never seen Bill Belichick throw the fucking iPad. Me, me either. And the best part was he threw it to the ground and that wasn't enough. And he went, picked it up and chucked it over the bench. Yeah, he slammed. Yeah, exactly. He slammed it down and then he got annoyed that it was still in his area. Yeah. So he picked it up again and launched it. <laughs> I thought that was great. You very rarely see Bill show that much emotion on the sideline. Yeah, you know? seriously. And for him to like t- start throwing shit when stuff wasn't going his way, I was like, oh, okay. Someone is taking yeah, this pretty he was, seriously. He was fired up. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I thought what, not a good day for the refs overall, but I yeah. definitely don't think that either team benefited a ton from you know calls or no calls no. or whatever. And I mean, ultimately, from our perspective, the right team won, so we're not super worried about it anymore. Yeah, and <laughs> I absolutely think the Patriots deserve to win that game, and that's sort of like the filter I think of when you look at officiating. Right. Is, is it like okay, did the officiating cause the te- the wrong team, so to speak, to win the game, the right. team that didn't deserve it? Right. Or did they give an undeserving team, you know, uh, an opportunity to win a game that they didn't deserve to win? And I don't think that that no. happened. No, I, um, I don't either. I think it wasn't the best officiating performance I've ever seen in my life, but I definitely think that, you know, the I, I don't have a big issue with the way the game played out overall. Yeah, there's been worse. From a, from a, from an officiating perspective, that is. Uh, quick, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. I was going to say, just a quick little look ahead. Uh, We know that the Patriots are going to face off against the L.A. Rams. Kind of very full circle from the Brady-Belichick era since their first Super Bowl win was also against the Rams. St. Louis at the time. but St. Louis at the time. I I also heard today that the Rams are going to wear the throwback uniforms. Oh, so they're gonna wear the uh, you know, the, the the royal blue and yellow yeah. instead of what they've been wearing recently, which is like the white and navy. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. It didn't work. Interesting when move they, by them. Yeah, didn't work when they wore that in the first Super Bowl there. But we'll yeah, see I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I liked it. I mean, that would have been like that would be like the if the Pats went to the Super Bowl in 01 and they're like, yeah, we're gonna wear our fucking unis from '96. Yeah, exactly. When we lost to the Packers. Yeah, like, like I don't know. If I was a Rams that. fan, I would not be psyched about that yeah. decision, but whatever. Yeah, maybe Kurt Warner can get in there, too, and just uh, <laughs> run the opening drive. See how that goes. Um, you know, just quickly, like, what do you think about them facing the Rams? Do you think that's a good matchup for them? you think that they pose some challenges? Um, yeah, so obviously we're going to probably spend most of our time yeah. next week talking about this, but I, uh, if I had to pick one or the other, I'd rather see the Rams and the Saints. I like the Saints experience. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, et cetera. I I mean the 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 Rams defense is pretty legit, but honestly, I think the I think the Patriots in their ability to run the ball and their ability to keep Brady clean in the pocket and the way that the offensive line has been playing the last couple of weeks, like I there's not a defense out there that really worries me because I think if the Patriots can control the clock the way they have been, they by the time the fourth quarter comes around, any defense is going to be absolutely gassed. Yeah, and and the Patriots will have their way. Like I, you know, the, so that's that. I mean, and on the other side of the ball, I mean, obviously they're the Rams are a really good team. Like you could argue that the two best teams in football played in the NFC Championship game last uh, Sunday night, but. You know, I I, uh, I don't really fear Jared Goff. I know Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams, gets a lot of credit for being really innovative offensively and all this stuff. But like, you know, I I actually like this matchup for the Patriots. How yeah, about you? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think the Rams are a super young team. I don't know what the hell happened to Gurley in the game on Sunday. Uh, He's been banged up since the last couple weeks of the season. It's been so, it's been C.J. Anderson. Yeah, the, well, basically down the stretch. But so that's great because you might be able to negate him a little bit. Um, they do have a great defense, but if the Patriots can keep up that like methodical kind of slow moving clock eating offense that they've been, they've been using for the past couple weeks, you know, that can really wear a defense down. Um, and if the offensive line keeps playing as well as they are, I think that's a great matchup against that defense and, and they can give Brady the time he needs. So, yeah, I'm I mean, there, there was it. a, um, yeah. Oh, of course there was a, I was watching the, um, mic'd up little clips from the divisional round game, the yeah. Chargers game. And Joey Bosa, who's one of the Chargers is like edge rushing. He's a really good edge rusher for the Chargers. He was one of the guys that was mic'd up and he's on the, there's a couple moments of him on the sideline like complaining to his teammates about how there was one moment where he goes up to one of the other guys on the Chargers and he goes, "I beat my man on every single s- snap of that series and I didn't get to Brady once." And the guy, the guy's like, you didn't get to him once. He goes, well, I hit him on the shoulder pads once he's following through, but not, I can't get to him before he gets rid of the ball. And yeah. like, you know, we forget because obviously the Pats rolled the Chargers, but like that was a really good defense. Chiefs, not so much. I mean, they can <laughs> rush the passer, but like mm-hmm. overall their defense isn't great. Right. But like, I don't fear Indominus Sue, and I don't fear the what's his face uh, number ninety nine there on the on the Rams Donald or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that if they can keep doing what they're doing, they have the ability to negate really good defenses. Yep, and I am pumped. We will get more into that next week. I think you know the Patriots all in the post game were like, 
I don't know a lot about the Rams, so we'll need to take some time to do that. And I, yeah, I guess Brady, we'll be Brady them at the podium endeavor. was like, yeah, Brady at the podium was like, I haven't spent two seconds thinking about the Rams yeah. this year. <laughs> Which was like very honest, and I thought a very uh, nice response by him. Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. Just one quick note: Brady was fucking psyched at the end of that game. Oh yeah, like, I don't know the last oh, time yeah. I saw him that excited to win, and and like head to the Super Bowl. Like he was. Not Mr. Cool. He was like ripped his helmet off. He was pumped. He was cheering louder the, than yeah, anybody. The, the last time I can think off the top of my head that Brady was that elated and seemingly surprised. I mean, I yeah. think there were many points during this game where Brady did not think they were going to win, but was the 2014 Super Bowl when Malcolm Butler intercepts the ball against yeah. uh, fucking Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Yep. And he's jumping up and down on the sideline because he thought he was fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It, it um, was, yeah, that was a really was fun, bummed. fun moment for Brady, for sure. So nice. Um, all right. You want to uh, bang through this lightning round real quick and get the hell out of here? I do. Let's do it. All right, lightning round, extra lightning edition. Let's see if we can finish this podcast in less than an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, never Adam Gase, yeah. former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, was announced as the new head coach of the New York Jets this week uh, and immediately made headlines when he came to his press conference looking fucking all crazy eyes. Google it if you haven't seen it. Oh, God, uh, it's so weird. Question for you is, will he ever be able to shake this very weird first impression? And What the fuck was he so startled by? What was he looking at? Uh, it was like Mr. Miyagi, like trying to catch a fly with chopsticks. Like, I don't, he was seeing something the rest of us were not seeing. And I, the New York media pounced on him. Um, and he didn't like play it off and like laugh and be like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. He was like, oh, I don't, I don't follow social media or watch TV. So I don't know what anyone's talking about. It was like, oh, they're talking about you looking fucking bonkers out there. Uh, so no, I think the New York media is going to, harp on that all season yeah it's also uh if you look just like you know i'm like on my computer right now like just google adam gase like he doesn't look like that he just looks like a regular guy <laughs> but yeah, for some I, reason in was... this press conference he's like literally he looks like he i don't even know he looks like he's like seeing a ghost yeah like his eyes are all wide and they're darting around and like i don't know it was very weird very strange all right uh oklahoma quarterback kyler murray is a two-sport athlete and has already been drafted by the Oakland A's. But he made a decision this week to enter the NFL draft. And so it seems like he's deciding football is the way he wants to go. Mm -hmm. If you had the choice, if you were a two-star athlete or two-sport athlete, yep. would you pick football or baseball? And do you think he made the right call? Ah, uh, See, this is so tough because baseball players, if you're good make way more for much longer yeah uh but football players like but like he might not know that for like five or six years like the like the time to become a major leaguer from the draft out of college like it takes a long time to like work through the minors and like blah blah blah, blah. football obviously is like a strike now situation yeah um but i think ultimately if he you know is sort of betting on his own talent I think if you have the opportunity to be a quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL, you do that. You know, like you just you got to do that versus yes. like some freaking plug on some MLB, you know, minor league team somewhere like. Sure. You know, those farm systems are fucking huge. Being a major leaguer. I mean, they say the hardest thing to do in all of sports is hit a major league, you know, fastball. Right. Yeah. Like, I just think if you've got the talent to go to the NFL, you go to the NFL, particularly as a quarterback. You know, you're less concerned about the concussion thing. You're not an offensive lineman who's going to a linebacker who's going to smash your head against a brick wall a thousand times a week. Like, if you have the opportunity to be a starting NFL quarterback, you you do that, I think. Wow, okay. I, I feel like I would have gone baseball for simply the longevity, the guaranteed contracts, uh, the, the way contracts are on the rise. Um, he's going to have to give back like a $4 million signing bonus that he already got from the Ooh, A's. that hurts. Yeah. So <laughs> That was not a detail I, you included in the original yeah, question. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to protect my own answer. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I see your point about like, 
you can strike while the iron's hot. You don't know that, you know, you could run out in spring training, break a leg and never see the field again. True story. In, in baseball. So I don't know. All right. Next question. Uh, Melissa, it is NHL All-Star Weekend. Uh, and we yeah. can also begin uh, fan voting for the NBA All-Star Game and the Pro Bowl this week. I'm sorry, next week. Yeah. Uh, so what is your favorite All-Star Game or All-Star type festivity? And is there anything you would change to make one of these games better? Uh, I think my favorite is the NBA. They do a good job with the like pomp and circumstance around all of it. Um, not to mention uh, most of your stars end up playing. Mm-hmm. I think that all of them... I think the NBA does this better than any of the others. They highlight kind of the skills competition part of it. You know, like the, they have the dunk contests. They do like the three point thing. I, I I like that kind of stuff. I wish the NHL would do and highlight more of that stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that the NFL should do away with the Pro Bowl and just do a yeah, skills competition. Dumb. I think that would be sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. For only the second time ever. The same two cities will compete in the World Series and the Super Bowl. Does it mean something extra that we get to face off against L.A. again? And could this be a new rivalry city for Boston? Do you happen to know what the other time was? I do. It was Super Bowl three. Oh, boy. Um, it was the Orioles and Col- Colts were the Baltimore teams. And I can't remember who they faced. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I can Google it. So does it mean something extra that we get to face off against L.A. again? I think uh, L.A. is a great foil for Boston sports fans. Unfortunately, L.A. is such a crappy sports city that I don't really think there's much juice to this, like, quote-unquote rivalry. Like, if anybody, you know, I think it's fun to do the whole beat L.A. thing, like, all that stuff. Well, actually, let me rephrase this. Outside of basketball, I'll I'll put that caveat on it, because people in L.A. legitimately give a shit about the Lakers, but that's about it. Like, uh, wake me up when people actually give a shit about the Dodgers or about the fake L.A. Chargers or about the Kings or, you know, yeah. or, or even about the fucking Rams. Like, I don't know. L.A. is just such a shit sports city outside of the Lakers that, like, I don't know. I don't think it's that cool. The second team in both was the Jets and the Mets. Jets and Mets. Yeah. So New so York New and Baltimore. York, New yeah. York, Baltimore. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So here's the here's the big one, Melissa. The I'm NFC ready. championship game this past Sunday between the New Orleans Saints and the Los Angeles Rams ended with a controversial non-call for what should have been a pass interference against the mm-hmm. Rams as they were uh, marching down the field uh, trying to win. And uh, it ultimately stopped the Saints from scoring on that drive and sent the game to OT because they had to kick a field goal. They were down by three at the time. And the Rams won in overtime. I'll editorialize and say after Drew Brees throw a brutal interception. Uh, Head coach of the Saints, Sean Payton, was uh, rightfully pissed after the game and took a big dump all over the refs. Um, Yeah. So, Melissa, if you were a Saints fan, would you be blaming the officials for your team? uh, Or does the NFL – and or does the NFL need to – Take a look at making all these plays reviewable. So if I were a Saints fan, I would a million percent be blaming the refs and I would be pissed. As an outsider looking in, I can also, you know, I can look at it objectively and say, well, Breeze threw that shit interception in overtime and they should have had the Saints could have won right there, just like the Patriots did, but they didn't. Um, so as far as like, should all plays be reviewable? This is actually a Bill Belichick, not theory is not the right word, but, um, belief, belief. Yes. Thank you. He, he uh, believes that all plays should be reviewable. And I think after watching that and some of those other plays, I, I kind of agree, you know, they only have so many challenges that they can use in a game. So you have to pick your spots wisely. Oh, Um, all plays be challengeable. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That makes sense. It, yeah, I, I just, yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. He, he I, thinks you I, should I think be able to throw be. that red flag for yeah. any decision Anything. at any point, yeah. anytime you want. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think it makes complete sense. And, like, why are you limiting where I choose to use my challenge? Yeah, so. I'm with you there. I mean, I think I thought it was a loser move for Sean Payton to come to the fucking podium and, like, yeah. blame the refs. Like. Right. Say what you will about Bill Belichick as it relates to, you know, talking to the media and stuff like that. But Bill would never in a million years go up to that podium post game and talk about the refs win no. or lose. 
You know, he would have I just mean, said we weren't good enough. We we didn't play to win the game. We missed opportunities. It's on us. Yeah, we shouldn't have come down to just that play. You don't want to put the hand. You know, you should never be putting the hands in the game. The game in the hands of the refs. Excuse me. Anyways, like all those cliche things. Right. You know, we got to coach better. We got to play better. All that stuff. So total loser move by Sean Payton to basically be a fan and blame the refs for. Yeah. I mean, objectively, it was absolutely a blown call. Like it should. It, it was pass interference. You know, up, down, any way you look at it. In fact, the guy, yeah. I forget his name, on the Rams was like interviewed after the game and he was like, Yeah, no, I thought it was PI. I, I hit him <laughs> and I, I wasn't going for the ball or anything. Like I cleaned him out and I thought that flag was coming. And when it didn't, I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, quick, like, it was up. absolutely yeah. PI. I don't know. I just think it's a loser move to blame the refs. But also, yeah. even within that, you, to blame the refs for not throwing a flag? I mean, it's one thing if you blame the refs on, you know, let's say that, like, Drew Brees throws a fucking bomb for a touchdown and it gets called right. back for some, like, ticky-tack hold or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the act of throwing a flag... I can see being jammed up by, but like a non-call is just kind of right. like, I don't know, man. Like, They're letting yeah. you play, like win the game. You had, and they had chances, right? Like, that And then didn't... they they go to overtime and win the coin toss and get the ball. And, right. you know, so I don't they know. They blew like, it. Like they blew their opportunity. You're they at are... home, Drew yeah. Brees in overtime, like money's on the table. You should be and better than that. You threw a stupid freaking balloon up there and it got picked off. Like that had nothing right. to do with the refs, buddy. Yeah. Uh, whew, well, that was a lot. Yeah, big freaking week, and we got two more weeks uh, before we get another football game, so yeah, buckle up. A lot of time to kill talking about Patriots-Rams. Can't All wait. All the way to the Super Bowl again. Cannot wait. Uh, got, thank and, uh, God we live here, because everyone else must just be pissed. Seriously. Just think about this. I mean, this is just selfish for you and I, but like in the time that we've started this podcast, and this is what, episode 65 or 66 or something like that, yeah. uh, we've got to talk about Two Super Bowls and one World, World Series, Series, as well as an Eastern Conference Finals in basketball and like a you know second round of the playoffs in hockey. Like we are, we're yeah. just fucking, we're in it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, if you have any thoughts, you want to talk about your feelings, you know, you can give us a call nine one four eight seven TT Pod. Same, same, same thing as last week nine zero four eight seven, as in Rob Gronkowski TT Pod. Is the number. Give us your, uh, you've got two weeks to get in there and give us your Rams path yeah. predictions. So don't give be us shy. Your thoughts. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Uh, who do you think, you know, is going to prevail in this game of games? Uh, and as year? always, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Titletown Pod, where I've just started to retweet everything that Tom Brady puts out there. <laughs> um, so enjoy that and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Later.